Hey friends, welcome back to the Emerging Roots podcast. I am so thankful that you are here and that you are listening. Before we even get started talking about spiritual warfare today, if you have not already, please leave a like, rate, review, subscribe, depending on what platform you are on. Give us a follow, whatever it may be. It has been very, very helpful um, as we are growing this podcast for you to share with the people that you love um, and that you feel like need to hear these gospel-centered messages. So with that being said, let's talk about some spiritual warfare today. Grab you your chai tea, grab you your coffee, your water. I got my Stanley. Yes, ma'am. Um, and let's get into it. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Spiritual warfare. What is it? It's all around us. Who started it? Does it end? How do we deal with it? This is something that I personally, amongst many of my friends and family have been personally dealing with, obviously when you become a Christian, slight caveat, spiritual warfare begins, I would argue, almost immediately. There are times when it feels stronger and times when it feels lesser. But in the last few weeks, like I said, my friends, family, and a lot of us that I know in our inner circle have been dealing with some pretty heavy, heavy spiritual Warfare, As you may have noticed, <laughs> there has not been an episode in, I would venture to say, almost a month because of this. And I think, in my own mind, before I get into anything else, that's exactly what the devil would want, is for the word of God to stop being shared and for me to almost give up because it feels like too much. When I know for sure... That in this season, this is what the Lord has called me to. Feels like there's a target on your back when you are experiencing spiritual warfare, and quite plainly, it's because there is. When you are following the Lord and living out his commandments and following him with everything that you have and relying on the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the devil do not like that. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when you are living for the Lord, you are doing the exact opposite of that. You are bringing peace, life, and hope all through the power of the Holy Spirit. All the struggles that we face, like we just read, are coming from a spiritual realm, if you will. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, over demons against the devil. I would argue that the struggles that we face today are all rooted in spiritual warfare. Like I said, the point of this is for the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. It says this in John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. 
I came, this is Jesus talking, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So like I just said, Jesus and the devil, the thief who, they, who is being referred to here by Jesus, is wanting the exact opposite of what Jesus comes to bring us, if we so choose him. And just to make it abundantly clear, who is doing this? Let's look at James 1, 13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then the desire, oh, then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So God tempts no one. You may hear the verbiage throughout scripture or through other people saying it, that God will test your faith. That is true. He may test it, but testing and tempting are two different things. The other side of testing brings a stronger faith, and the other side of tempting, if one is to follow through with it, as we read here, will ultimately bring sin, and then sin will ultimately lead to death if it is not repented of. So God is not the one that is tempting us in this spiritual warfare, and God is also not the one that is forcing us, if you will, or leading us, if you will, into sin and into death, ultimately, because as it says that we just read in John 10, 10, he comes to bring life, not death. Now, some of you may ask, spiritual warfare and tempting, is that the same category? Yes, because being tempted is you may be tempted first and foremost by your own flesh, but you also may be tempted by the present darkness that surrounds us in this world. So it is still part of spiritual warfare, tempting is. Now, there are other parts of spiritual warfare as well that may not look like tempting, but may look like some sort of trial. Let's go to Galatians 5.17. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Here's some examples. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such, as listed above, do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. 
a lot of those things that were listed as works of the flesh are often things or uh, branches of them, if you were to divide them up even smaller, um, branches of them are things that people see as trials, divisions, drunkenness, rivalries, anger, jealousy. No matter what the situation may be, the root of it is probably one of those uh, things I just listed. Division amongst families, anger against a friend, drunkenness with alcohol that may lead to other sins. These are works of the flesh that we are often tempted into to then sin. Again, we may be tempted by our own flesh or we could be tempted by a present darkness, a demonic force that is presently all the time continually around us. But when you walk in the spirit, you will respond to the situations and the root in the way you respond being rooted in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There will not be that root of anger or division because you will have the root of love and kindness and faithfulness and so on. So spiritual warfare may look different than you think. The situations involving involved in spiritual warfare may look different, but the root of them are the same. Roots of spiritual warfare in a in a fleshly slash demonic sense are pulling people away from the Lord because they are not rooted in his word and they are not rooted in his kindness and goodness. So there is not necessarily a specific situation that you can pinpoint and say, this is the only thing that spiritual warfare is, but rather the root of it will be the same if you dig deeper into it. If you ever have gone to counseling or therapy or whatever, I've been several times, I know a lot of my friends that have, and they will always try to, whether you were at a Christian counselor or whether you were at a, I don't know, secular, I hate to say secular counselor, but I guess that's the verbiage for it. Um, and I've been to both. And oftentimes they want you to get to the root of the problem. They want you to get to the root of the, whatever you're feeling or whatever scenario is going on around you and try to think about it logically. That's the same thing here with spiritual warfare. Let's get to the root of it. Okay, get rid of the he said, she said. What is the root of the issue? The root of the issue is that there is a war that is not being um, waged in flesh and blood, but rather against the Lord and his army and his people and against the devil, his demons, and those that follow him. So then now let's get into how people may be deceived. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same teams as we do. For such men are false, prop, are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Back up, he's trying to warn these people 
uh, Paul is trying to warn these people of false prophets and people that are falsely claiming the name of Christ in what they say and what they do. Uh, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. So people may be deceived in a scenario that what they are doing is good, quote unquote good. And if they look at it through the lens of scripture, they may even be deceived that it is good. And we'll touch on that in just a moment. And that it is okay and that it is not sinful. But again, back to what I was saying, what is the root? If you were just looking at the surface, okay, it looks great. But if you go down to the root, you'll see that Satan is described, that Satan is the one that is underneath, underneath that sheep's clothing. Underneath that light is a bunch of darkness. So are you looking at the surface or are you looking at the root? Spiritual warfare. Matthew chapter 7, and then we're going to jump to chapter 24. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Again, same thing. The outside may look great. It may look like something that you are called to do, but if you look at the root of it, is the root division? Is the root anger, frustration, jealousy, drunkenness? Or is the root a fruit of the Spirit? Chapter 24, verses 4 through 5, And Jesus answered them. This is Jesus talking here. See that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the, be All these are but the beginnings of the birth pains. So again, we see physical war here. And Jesus, again, saying there's going to be a lot of people that are falsely proclaiming my name. Know me so that you do not get deceived. John eight thirty two. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my apostles and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So all of this being said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free as Jesus said. If you are truly a follower of Christ, it will set you free. And you will have the ability in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to look at the root of these situations that are being presented to you. And you will be able to detect through the guidance of the Holy Spirit those false prophets and when Satan is disguising himself as an angel of light. What is the root of the scenario? Now, there is spiritual warfare that may not be the type that is to deceive you, but rather to harm you. 
whether it is the darkness that tries to cover up the light. You always hear the, what's the kid's song? Oh, I can't think about it. And it comes from the scripture that talks about putting your lamp on a lampstand rather than hiding it under a bushel. And it's, oh, I'm going to hide it under a bushel. No. And, oh, I can't remember. I wish I could. But anyway, it's that point. People, even if you are not putting your, your lamps <laughs> under a bushel, those that are of the flesh, in darkness, following the devil, whether they realize it or not, are wanting your light that you carry in you, the light meaning the Lord, the Holy Spirit, they want it diminished. And whether they realize that's what they're doing or not, it's going to happen. And this is another sect of spiritual warfare. And if you are a Christian, you already know that the battle is already won through Jesus Christ dying on the cross, resurrecting again on the third day, and ascending back into heaven after 30 days on earth, and then giving his people his Holy Spirit once they have accepted him. But we're still here in the midst of this war that is already won. I heard it said once, <laughs> and it, I, I liked the way that they said this, that yes, the battle is already won, but the devil is throwing his, his death stars. You know, like the ninja star thing? Somebody, somebody made that comparison. And he's trying to get as many people away from the Lord as he can because he knows he's already defeated. He's already lost. And so he's just trying to get as many people with him and against the Lord as he can. And that includes attacking those that are with the Lord. So how do we fight then? How do we fight? This battle's already won and the Lord is on our side and the Lord is the one that is fighting our battles, as scripture says. So what is our role and responsibility? Because clearly we can't just sit back and do nothing, right? Because we choose this faith. We choose to follow the Lord. He chose us first, praise the Lord, and he gave us a free will, praise the Lord, to choose him. So what do we do with that? Because we can't just sit on the sidelines with our faith. So he has given us the armor of God. You may hear this. You may have heard this in, in um, kids' church or whatever, whenever you, you might have physically made the armor of God and labeled it. But let's read it together. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And this is the verse we read earlier. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may, may be able to withstand Evil withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Standing firm in your faith, in the Lord, etc. Verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, as Jesus said. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Know the truth, 
of Christ, know the truth of the gospel, and know the truth of the word of God, the Bible, the inspired word of God. So wear the truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. We are made righteous in the eyes of God once you accept Christ as your savior and surrender your life to him so that when God looks at you, he does not see your sin in the sense that it has been covered by the blood of Christ. He no longer looks at you and you no longer receive his wrath because of the sin that you have repented from because it has already been covered on the cross by the perfect sacrifice. As shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He is peace. There's a reason, one of the reasons that you will, you'll hear in scripture, you'll read in scripture more so, that the Holy Spirit ascended on him like a dove. The dove is a symbol of peace. The Holy Spirit gives us peace because he's always with us and he is fighting for us. Once you receive the gospel, the gospel is a uh, good news of peace. You have to choose him and choose him daily. But you have peace knowing that your sins have been covered and you simply need to repent and choose him daily and follow his commands. Put on those shoes of peace, the gospel of peace. Fight with the gospel. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. We live by faith and not by sight. Just as we live by faith and not by sight, there are again the spiritual world that we are fighting against, the darkness that we are fighting against, we cannot see. So with that being said, the faith that we have that is not by sight, we use to fight against the darkness that we cannot see. The faith that we have in the gospel, the faith that we have in the Lord, the faith that we have in scripture, which is really all the same, right? Use that to fight against any word, any physical threat that may come at you because of your faith and what you believe. Your faith also, you have to have responsibility to know that truth, know your faith, know the scripture so that you can refute any claims that come against you and you can know what the truth is so that you can dodge the lies. You can put up your shield of faith and know the truth and take the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. Put it on your head, know it. You need to guard your body and you need to guard your head and have knowledge of the gospel, have knowledge of your faith, have knowledge of the Bible, and be logically ready to fight back. Be mentally ready to fight back. 
You need to be physically ready in some circumstances, sure, but you also need to be mentally prepared because a lot of the battles that people wage, especially here in today's day and age of 2023, a lot of the battles that people fight are the battles between their ears. I'm stealing a line from a 21 Pilots song, but a lot of the battles that people wage are between their ears. Take knowledge in your salvation. Be knowledgeable of it. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. The word of God will fight your battles. It is literally words from the Lord that have been inspired by God through man to write to his people. Use it. Know it. Memorize it. That's a challenge for myself. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back because I am one of them. Memorize scripture so that when those battles come in between your ears, from the outside, from other people, physically, mentally, whatever, you can come back immediately with your sword and say, no, because this is the truth and that truth is setting me free. And I have already won this battle, not because of me and my power, but because of the power that lives in me through Christ Jesus. Praying at all times. We have an incredible gift, my friends, to talk with the Lord whenever we want. And it is so often taken for granted. And we have his Holy Spirit in us. But we need to make sure that we are always within constant prayer and communication with him. And that may not be a long, elaborate prayer every time. But simply talking with him and being ready to hear him no matter what time of the day it might be. Praying with supplication and earnest begging is how I think of this. Supplication and earnest begging. Lord, an earnest prayer. Lord, your way is better, and I know that, but this is how I'm feeling right now. I'm just being honest with him in whatever scenario it may be, especially in the times where the war feels the largest or when it feels the smallest. But those are the times when your faith will grow immensely more. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, earnestly praying for all the saints, and also for me, for Paul in this case, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Second Corinthians 10.4 for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Look at what is before your eyes. If anyone is confident that he is in Christ, let him remind himself 
that just as he is Christ, so also are we. Use the weapons that the Lord has given you. Use his words. Take advantage of prayer. And be sober-minded in all of this. Don't get lofty. Don't get prideful. Stay sober-minded. It says in 1 Peter 5, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Be careful, because if you get prideful, get arrogant, get too lofty in your thinking, or if you start doing a whole woe is me argument, the devil will prowl on that. He will attack on that. Be sober-minded, be ready, be alert. Because he is always around and ready to come and attack. Continuing on, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after all, you have suffered a little while. The the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever amen so not only do you need to be sober-minded being careful about that but also rely on community that is a theme throughout scripture that you notice old testament and new testament community the lord wants us to commune with him but also commune with fellow believers to be the church a group of Christians that come together, worship him, and hold one another accountable because you are not the only one that is suffering, friends. I heard on one of the podcasts that I listened to, there's a few of them um, that I really like, and one of them says one of the, one of the uh, downfalls of today's, specifically America, is that everybody deems themselves as a quote-unquote special snowflake, and everybody feels like nobody is doing anything else that they are, and they are unique in their suffering they are a special snowflake when in fact that is not the case as it says here there is a brotherhood of people within the church that are going through the same or similar sufferings that we are but if we don't have that community with them and we aren't willing to talk and open up with them then how are we supposed to know receive help and accountability from them because there is power in community and in communion with fellow believers. With this, we also need to look to the example that Jesus sets for us. You see in Matthew 4, the temptation of Jesus when he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and you see him using the sword of the spirit specifically here, um, where the tempter asked him, the devil asked him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, with scripture and said man shall not live on bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of god again the tempter said if you are the son of god throw yourself down for it is written he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone here's an example of knowing the truth and the truth setting you free and also using the sword of sword of the spirit at the same time because jesus knew the word if jesus didn't know the word in this scenario then it would sound really good 
But he was able to get to the root of the issue, use the sword of the spirit, and say, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So Jesus is exemplifying everything that we've talked about so far. He gets to the root of the issue, sees that he is trying to bring division and anger and jealousy into Jesus, that that is the tempter's root. But Jesus's root is the love of God, the word of God, and he uses the armor that has been given to him because he is God, right? <laughs> that he made more so. He then said, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. After this, Jesus begins his ministry. How powerful is that, that he went through all of this tempting, showed us how to endure, literally gave us a perfect example of how to endure the suffering that Paul and other New Testament writers then go more in depth and explain to us, hey, here's how this can happen. And Jesus gives us a perfect example of how this is done. Not only in this scenario, but throughout his whole life. 1 John 4, 4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. The world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. You know God, so listen to him. You know God's people, so listen to them. Do not listen to the world, though it may be tempting. Look to its root and see what they truly are so that you can combat it with the fruit of the Spirit. Not only this, but, but pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. I know what you're thinking. McKenna, it sounded like you had more to say. What happened? Well, technological failures have occurred. We tried to fix it, and we could not revive it. Um, anywho, <laughs> I did want to leave you with this final thought, um, this, this quote. It's not about what you were going through but how he is glorified and how he has already won because he loves you so. So just keep that in mind. In light of everything that we have discussed today, spiritual warfare in the end is not about you because this life is not about you. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's about the Lord and it's about how he is glorified because he has already won the battle. And he loves you so much that he won the victory for you on the cross and rose again on the third day. So I challenge you to remember this quote as you go throughout your day. And if you have not already, please leave us a review. Give us five stars. Share with your people. Um, and tell me what you want to hear more of. I do have a few ideas that are brewing in my mind. We're going to do an episode on the Enneagram next week. And I do want to talk about the whole yoga self-help movement and how all of these Christians should not partake in. Hot take. Oop. 
So if you want to hear more about any specific topics, please let me know. DM me on Instagram at emerging.roots. Um, all of the links will be in the description below. Anyway, love you, mean it. Have a great rest of your day.